Jestem Marysa. Mieszkam w Stanach Zjednoczonych, a mówię po polsku. Słuchacie The Foreign Show. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hello, language learners, teachers, lovers. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and I'm here to talk to you about anything and everything interesting from the world of learning another language. And today's episode, we are going to dive deep into something that is fairly new, something that maybe wasn't around a few years ago as much as it is now. And I think it's a really interesting development in the world of language learning and teaching, really, a new concept has come up called coaching, language coaching. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what language coaching is, how you can find a good language coach, why you would even need one, whether it's interesting for you, and how to prepare for the sessions so that you can get the most out of them. Before I dive into that, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor of The Fluent Show, and that is Clothesmaster. I just published my very detailed review of the Clothesmaster app on the blog. So that's my top recommendation for you to check out today to learn more about what Clothesmaster is, how it works and why I think their tagline of the app you need after Duolingo is really, really appropriate and really good. So I kind of looked at who Clothesmaster is for, who it's not for, give you a little description of how it all works and what the different features are that it offers. For example, there are fluency fast tracks, grammar challenges, exam collections, and even teaching collections. So if you want to know what they can do for you in your target language, and trust me, Clothesmaster has got one of the best ranges you've ever seen. They've got about 70 languages that you can practice. Then head out to the blog. I've popped that into the show notes, which you can get at fluent.show slash 218. Thank you very much to Clothesmaster for supporting The Fluent Show. And we're going to just go straight in this week and talk about language coaching. Now, you might know the word language coaching from a different world. And originally, I think a lot of us know, is from, know it from the world of sports coaching. In recent years, the principles really have been transferred to so many areas in life and always where people would like to be their best. So this is all about helping people be their best. You've got life coaching, business coaching, and even career coaching. And I want to start by kind of talking a little bit through the differences and the kind of nuances of terms that we hear, we hear used for a person who helps you learn a language or a person who helps you achieve any kind of goal, because there are four terms that you might you might come across and each of them perhaps slightly different in in definition, in how it's used, in the kind of relationship that it describes. And the way that I'm going to try and explain this is how I was taught it on a mentoring training that I took recently. So mentoring somewhere in the middle here. And we talked about and examined the role of the client 
let's say this, you know, it might be the student, it might be the client. So in a language coaching relationship, this would be the role of the language learner and whether they are being guided along and mostly coming for guidance and kind of um, having their action steps laid out for them or whether there is a lot of autonomy and actually a lot of responsibility on the client to participate not just in the relationship but to also make the most out of it and apply it to their own life and we're start i'm going to start on this sort of spectrum with the role that has the in a way the least client involvement where the most guidance and the most um, prompting comes from the comes from the mentor, teacher, coach person. And that is really when you've got a teaching relationship. Teaching focuses on the transfer of knowledge and skills from your teacher to you. And it leads you through the learning journey with specific tasks and questions. So you're usually being guided by your teacher. And this is the role that as a language learner, you're going to be most familiar with because we all, almost all, have some kind of experience learning languages in school and in school the teaching relationship is definitely with an authority figure who is the teacher who will tell you what's you know right and wrong <laughs> if I'm gonna say it right and wrong and who is going to kind of guide you through and tell you how to approach language learning now, the next step sort of along where there is a little bit more authority in it for you as this client would be the mentoring role. A mentor focuses on guiding you through the process and it's informed by their knowledge. It's informed by their skills. So you'll very often have this with language learning and even language you know, coaching by name relationships. There is a lot of mentoring in there because it's you are, you are actually approaching that person because you want to learn from their own experience and you will have more input and more opportunities as well to ask questions and explore alternative answers. So there's less of a kind of, there's more gray area. Now, if you really want gray area, coaching it kind of comes into its own and a language coach or any kind of coach really will support you in your learning journey, support you in your improvement through open questions. It's about prompting, self-discovery. It's about mindset shifts and self-guidance. And you actually decide which actions you take as a result of that. And then finally, we've got the counsellor relationship, which really is about someone you talk to about your problems. It is quite guided by you. So you sort of come... Um, and would usually focus on a specific problem that is on your mind. And there is no, there is nothing like with a teacher where you say, okay, here is the specific outcome that we want to achieve. With a counselor, the conversation is, is about understanding what's already going on. So you've got teacher, mentor, and coach. And those are the three terms that I think are most used in, in a learning journey. Now, why would you need a language coach. <laughs> the the big difference between a coach and teacher um, very, very often is that with a language teacher, mostly you're looking for somebody who specifically transfers knowledge and helps you by giving you a space to practice and apply the knowledge that you already have. So it's very much about the actual subject and about the language that you're learning. Whereas with a language coaching mentoring type relationship it's more about how you learn it's more about understanding strengths weaknesses progress where you might get stuck and it's actually about understanding yourself 
Now, I'm sure I'm not the only language teacher who over the years kept seeing students run into certain walls, get stuck in specific ways and just started to feel that there is something more I would like to do than just say practice your German vocab with you or explain German grammar to you. And that was sort of where for me the the, the coaching route opened up because what What I learned in my years of becoming a language teacher and tutor is that languages cannot be taught. Languages cannot really be taught in the sense that I cannot actually transfer all the knowledge I have about German from my brain into yours through like a Vulcan mind meld or whatever. It's always you who learns. And if you don't have, if you are stuck somewhere, if perhaps you are struggling and there is a reason why you are stuck then it's very very difficult for a teaching relationship to achieve the best results that it possibly can so it's not necessarily that a language coach and language teacher is always two separate people even or two separate relationships but sometimes you will resolve blocks in one by engaging in the other now You would need a language coach if you are solo learning a language and you want to feel confident and fluent. And in fact, if you're group learning, even if you're in traditional, if you're in a traditional education environment, if you want to feel confident and fluent, make that language part of your life and you're feeling stuck, then talking to a language coach is a fantastic idea. So you might be bored and frustrated with the methods that you're currently using. You might be un feeling like you're unable to progress. And often something I observe is it people work harder and harder and harder. You try everything and you just feel like, what is wrong here? I'm just stuck and I don't know how to progress. You might also be unable to experience those results that you've been working really hard for. So you've been hoping that you will finally have those fluent conversations and you'll have this wonderful time. And you, it's just not coming. It's just not working somehow. And that's when having that coaching conversation that takes you out of all the stuff that you're already doing is a really great idea. Coaching in general is designed to help um, often a high performer to improve their performance If we're thinking about sports coaching, just because you're good, right, just because you're an Olympic athlete doesn't mean you don't need a coach. That's when you most need a coach. And many people who look for language coaching conversations are the ambitious type and want to be the best in their target language. Um, many people have come to me before with a specific dilemma. So there might be something like, I'm stuck on level B1 and I just can't seem to get any better. And together then we will examine how they learn, what they've already done, what they like, what they don't like. And then from that, look also at where this feeling of being stuck even is coming from. Like what does stuck mean to them? Because it doesn't mean the same to all people. And to me personally, it's very important that language learning this massive effort that we make, this big undertaking means more than just um, achieving a result on paper. So I would want to also look at where that stuck feeling comes from, whether it really is such a big problem that we need to resolve with more work. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> But um, sometimes there are unexpected answers that can come out of a coaching conversation. So in conclusion, a language coach is not here to always necessarily give you the best shortcuts and hacks to your goals. 
it's not really meant to solve all of your problems for you, but to help you discover how you can best approach them. So, for example, I've got this uh, um, a testimonial, so a feedback from a previous client that I wanted to read to you here because I feel it illustrates really well the kind of results that you can get. So this said, this is from Tim and it says, it was enormously helpful to discuss how I learn and perhaps more importantly, how I don't with Kirsten. Instead of hearing the same old regurgitated advice, like you have to do X or you're not studying properly, I came away with dozens of ideas for new approaches to experiment with and specific insights into my strengths and weaknesses. So I hope that this gives you a sense that with a coaching conversation, what you will come back, what you will come out with should be something that is very specific to you and gives you a sense of how you can make your personality and your personal story a part of your language learning experience. Now, uh, just a word on regulation really or what to expect a teacher and counselor those two terms are somewhat reg regulated lots of people take some kind of uh, training and it's sort of expected that you've had some sort of training like you, you can't teach in school unless you've qualified as a teacher yeah mostly <laughs> so most language coaches because partly because it is so new are often teachers who have that particular interest in how learning works best they might also be passionate language learners themselves but it is not a regulated industry you don't have to have a license or a specific accreditation in order to be a coach which means that for you when you are looking around there is nothing specific like that you can look for where it says okay i've got the check from the language coach institute that does not exist at this point there's no standard training or qualification that each language coach has to take so that means for you that you have to just research a little bit more to find the coaching results that you would like which means i will have some tips for you as well about how to spot a language coach that you like working with But first, let me let me talk a little bit more about the process so we've already said that your coach may show you methods that work best and we'll show we'll talk about how you can most efficiently get those results they might engage in this sort of tactical conversation of specific actions that you can take and that is a big part of the coaching relationship because it's often really close to the outcome that you want out of it but others and certainly that's my style Uh, we'll also want to take a step back, figure out more about why you chose the goals that you have, what it is that you're trying to achieve, and then work together with you to help you find your best way forward. I really enjoy and like supporting those perspective shifts and working out what it means for you to achieve a certain level or pass an exam or, in fact, uh, improve your accent. And I have a very generous story to, to illustrate this from Marissa, who has worked with me in the past. We've done about five or six sessions together. And one example is when she first came to me, she had specific thoughts and expectations around how we would work together to improve her accent. So have a listen and listen to Marissa's story about what language coaching did for her. So a few years ago, when I was getting pretty far into my first second language, which was Spanish, I started listening to The Fluent Show. And for me, it was an absolute revelation to find all of these questions that I thought I had that were so esoteric answered in a popular podcast. 
And I, I think I binged all the episodes. I was like following stuff on social media. I was interacting with other learners through the community. And I started running into walls. I started finding things that I couldn't answer. And one of the things that I couldn't answer with just YouTube and podcasts and Instagram was accent. Because at the time, I was living in Mexico as functionally a white American citizen with a really good level of Spanish. I could communicate fluently. My grammar was great. I had a ton of vocab, and I was also picking up on things like slang and body language and cultural references. But I wasn't really feeling confident. I was, there was stuff that was being missed between me and native speakers because of my accent. And so I went to language coaching and was shocked, 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 shocked to hear the first question, which was, why do you care about your accent? To me, it was so obvious. I had all of these problems where I was uncomfortable speaking because I was this gringo with this gringo voice and that I thought I wouldn't be taken seriously because I wasn't from Mexico. And actually none of that had to do with my voice. That had to do with things like power relations and my friendships and honestly, my self-esteem. And we, I came in with this this very concrete idea that we're going to take this accent question. We're going to form a plan. I am so type A. We're going to have it measured out and then I will have my accent fixed and then everything will be good. And instead, we came up with a lot more questions and a lot of really good journaling prompts and a lot, we had a lot of really uncomfortable talks. But through that process, I was able to learn more about myself as not only a language user, but as a language learner, as a person who existed in this this process, not just the final, I'm going to do this all and I'm going to get there, but I had to really seriously question what all of these, these new things I was learning, these new ways of being meant to me. Unfortunately, that had nothing to do with how I rolled my R's. So I did eventually go and play with accents. I, to this day, think they're so cool, but they are no longer a thing I need to solve. They're not a thing I need to master. They're just this part of my voice that I can now manipulate to a certain extent how I want. But just as an accent isn't something that I have to accomplish and finish through that whole process, I also realized to what extent languages aren't a thing I have to accomplish and finish. I can exist in the learner stage while I'm also a speaker, while I'm also very new, while there's stuff that I don't get, while there's stuff that I'm very good at. And coming in with this one very, I'm going to fix this, we're going to solve this goal actually turned into something much more organic and changed how I view the questions that I have about language learning, not as something that needs to be solved, but as something that I can live in. Many, many thanks. Thank you so much, Marissa, for sharing your story with the Fluent Show audience. And listeners, as you can hear, there is more to language coaching than just giving the best possible methods or focusing on the result in the cold light of day. 
certainly when I have conversations with my clients, I like to find out what your language says about your life, as I believe this is the way to lasting success and to building a self-compassionate way of always keeping going with language learning. I find it really important to break out of those views of what is right and wrong. And I will also focus on the step-by-step -step actions with a focus on having you generate as many ideas as possible by yourself because many uh, coaching trainings and generally what is often mentioned when you talk about the coaching relationship is that there shouldn't actually be a lot of guidance and sort of suggesting from the coach. It is really about you as the client getting the most out of what you already know about your life and making good empowered decisions. It is about empowering you. Now, what is it like to approach this coaching relationship? What do you need to know before you start? And here I want to give a big thank you to Marissa and to Suzanne um, for sharing these tips as a result of a conversation they had about language coaching. And you can read much, much more about this in a blog article on my website, which Marissa wrote in collaboration with me and which you can read on the website and there is a link at fluent.show slash 218 so just head there where you will find a lot of information and a flowchart uh, that will help you select whether language coaching is right for you and what how you can go about finding a good coach. Now these are uh, there are a lot of tips here so I'm going to run through each of them because I think that each of them is very important. Number one know that being a little bit nervous or anxious before you start is normal and your coach will be expecting that and with time if you take more sessions it will start to feel a lot more natural but even in the first session there will be time for you to just settle in set the scene and kind of adjust to each other number two when booking your session it's super useful to leave a little note to your coach And write a little bit to them about what it is that you want to talk about. And if there is a specific result that you have in mind, do tell them about it. Tell them as much as possible, as much as you can about what's on your mind. Because for them to enter the conversation well informed is extremely useful. Number three, during a few days before you have your session, it's useful to reflect on the problem that you have. So maybe look back at the note that you wrote for your coach then and prepare yourself for the session. You don't have to come with solutions. You don't even have to come super informed, but it might make you feel more confident and it might make it a little bit clearer in your mind what the most important thing is that you need at this point. So you could mind map or you could talk to a language learning friend and just write down all the questions that you have for them And also maybe priorities of what you definitely want to talk about. And in my sessions beforehand and then during as well, I tend to ask a few times and make sure that we're hitting the thing that felt like the most important thing before you came in. Number four, uh, this is great advice. Be present and truthful, right? So be present means try and focus on the kind of conversations that are being had. It doesn't matter if you start, you know, if you feel like you're starting to ramble, if you feel like you're maybe going off on a little tangent or whatever it is, that is absolutely fine because your coach will be kind of there as your sort of, what do you call them, like shock absorber on the edges, keeping you, keeping you straight and keeping you focused so that it is a focused conversation. But definitely be open, be ready to kind of, you know, talk about something that might 
that might make you feel like, oh, wow, okay, I didn't think that we would talk about this. But then once it's out there, it's really useful to have talked about it because then you can see, oh, does this other thing affect how you are learning languages at the moment? And remember that there is absolutely nothing that you need to be embarrassed for. Definitely don't come like wanting to you know, show how, how good a language learner you already are and then uh, forgetting or, or like feeling embarrassed and then not talking about the problem that you actually have. <laughs> because honestly, I often say this as a tutor and as a, as a coach as well, I actually need you to have some kind of flaw because if you come and you're perfect, then I sort of don't know, I don't have much to work with and I really like having something to work with. Um, and it's not admitting failure. It's not, it doesn't mean that you failed. Um, your language coach will actually really, really want to hear about your roadblocks and your frustrations. Um, that's our happy zone. Um, this reminds me of, um, there's this, this little thing where Marie Kondo, you can get it as a GIF. I think it was on her Netflix show. Uh, Marie Kondo is this tidying lady who really, um, who's, who's very well known for helping people tidy up their lives and their rooms. And she, gets very excited and she just says, I love mess. I love mess. <laughs> uh, so your language coach may well really, really love any kind of roadblock that you have and just get excited because they say, oh, okay, that's juicy. Let's talk about that. So absolutely be present and be truthful. Tip number five, don't worry about taking notes so much. Uh, if on demand, your session can be recorded and most or most coaches, I think, will provide a recording of that session. Some may also write down action points or take notes for you. I used to do that for my students. Sometimes I will recap the conversation if there was something in particular um, and I will share my, no my notes after. But I found that I over time I actually learned that it is better for my clients or for my learners to really come to their own conclusions and to not have my interference in there almost. Um, but, you know, if you want to refer back to something, do ask for it to be recorded. That can be really helpful. Make sure you've got something to write on nearby, but don't, don't worry about it too much. Um, number six, after you've had the session, take some time to reflect. Take some time to just plan everything out. So you may want to buffer in your schedule slightly and see if you can get 15 minutes just to yourself to really write down everything that is on your mind because you should be walking out of these sessions thinking oh my gosh I hadn't considered this and I want to think about this and this is new to me and just reflecting 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 um, I also go to various coaching sessions and I will come out often and just voice note you know just open the voice notes up on my phone and just talk just talk through it or you might also want to talk to a friend who loves language learning um, tip number seven use your new skills and solutions during the weeks after your coaching session so generally language coaching sessions are less likely to be the sort of oh we're going to have two a week or something like that because the you need time in between for your new thoughts to settle for everything to start making sense for the puzzle pieces to come together and in fact, for you to also take action and try out those new ideas that the session has given you. So it's very important for you to kind of take ownership and say, I will take time and I will commit to changing something and to see what works, see what doesn't work and to kind of see things through for a week, for a few weeks, which is actually super, super useful for your next coaching session because it will 
the best possible results come from you talking about what you tried next, how it all worked out, and then examining what worked, what didn't work, and why that is. And then tip number eight, this is a, a strong tip from Suzanne and for also from Marissa and from me for you as well. Make sure you connect with other language learners. Look for that community. The online language co learning community is a, a compassionate, lovely, dedicated bunch full of tips for each other, where there's always somebody who's going through a similar thing to you. So you really, really find support out there. And it's somewhere that everything that all the benefits that you've had from your coaching session, you can pass on to other people and you can get new impulses and new reflections that you can then take back to that coaching session so that it becomes a space of reflection. If you're worried listening to all of this, thinking, no, no, but I need a language teacher too. Absolutely. Don't forget, a growing number of language teachers out there will incorporate coaching and psychology-influenced methods into how they work with their students. But also bear in mind, a lesson just isn't the same as a coaching session and shouldn't be. And you'll still be able, though, with that person or definitely as part of your language learning plan to have that conversation in French or get feedback on your written Japanese or whatever you need. It's actually all part of one process rather than one replacing the other. That is not how it should be. And finally, a question that might be on your mind now is how much is this going to cost? Oh my gosh. Um, and let me start by being really annoying and telling you that that's sort of the wrong question to ask with coaching. Um, and definitely don't look at it the same way you would look at a language lesson because it is supposed to have a bigger impact, because it is supposed to be longer lasting. And certainly when I've worked with my coaching clients, I've seen changes and mindset shift that you take with you for years that really make a long lasting change and impression. And in that sense, it's, it's difficult to kind of look at it from a, what do I need to budget for this for the long-term perspective? Because even one session can make a big difference if it goes well. So questions that I would recommend you to ask uh, in terms of that is what do you need right now? Is there a frustration that lessons just can't resolve? Do you have faith in the person that you have chosen that they can help you? And are you open to spending some time examining what works best for you? A coaching session that gives you confidence and clarity can eliminate many years of messing about. I'm, I'm not being funny and I'm not selling here. I'm saying this is absolutely, absolutely true. And also bear in mind that at this stage, a language coach is somebody usually who is independent, often self-employed, and they will have to charge according to their own requirements and according to their own needs for a good wage. They're not, they don't tend to be employed by somebody else. There is no sort of economies of scale at work. Uh, so be compassionate <laughs> to your coach as well. Um, but my final word is really that it is a personal service and it is a premium service because it is all about you. And don't underestimate really good alternatives that are out there. For example, I would strongly recommend looking into my course, the Language Habit Toolkit, which is designed to help students resolve like a dozen problems that you're going to very likely be seeing a language coach about and talking to a language coach about. And it's a lot more cost effective, obviously, because you can use it again and again. And that includes um, 
big sort of video course, multimedia training. There's eight printable worksheets in there. There's accountability trackers that you can work with. And I do live rounds every year. So you can, you know, we've got co-working sessions. We've got a pop-up community. It really is something that I've been working on for, I think, five, six years. And every year it, gets, it keeps getting better and better and better. And at this stage, the language habit toolkit is is the, the thing I would I would always say you get the most out of for, from, you know, from taking any of my classes. Now, as a Fluent Show listener, chances are language coaching is definitely, definitely going to give you lots and lots of benefits. In order to choose a language coach that you like, start looking around for someone whose language skills maybe you admire, whose content makes you feel interested and confident. I would be very honored and delighted if you are looking at me at this point and you want to talk to me about my coaching services, but investigate, you know, for others as well, if they offer coaching services and just search and ask around. I have popped my language coaching page. So it's fluentlanguage.co.uk slash language coaching. I've popped that in the show notes so you can have a look and read a little bit more about how it works and read the testimonials, especially for coaching, because it is personal and individual. Read the testimonials and talk to people who've done it before, because you really want to get an understanding of what they have gotten out of it and the style of that particular person. And don't don't hesitate to ask them how they like to work as well. Learn more about them as a teacher and a learner and just see, do they embody what you are looking for? So are they just saying things or does it feel like their, their experience flows into this and informs what they can help you do? And ask yourself if that's important to you. Now, definitely have a look at the show notes for today's episode. They are at fluent.show slash 218 there's an infographic there and you can read my blog article published in collaboration with marissa who is just delightful and i've popped the link to her instagram which is where she is very very active into the show notes too and that is read from me with a sort of whistle stop tour of language coaching thank you so much for listening to the fluent show if you've got feedback further questions you can always email me and that is hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk or podcast at fluentlanguage.co.uk, whichever you prefer, doesn't matter. You can find me on Twitter at The Fluent Show. And you can also follow me on Instagram and say hello on there. And that is at K-E-R-S-T-I-N underscore fluent. It's always really wonderful to hear from you. Please, please, please consider sending me an intro of your voice in another language so I can add it to The Fluent Show gallery of listener intros. I just never, 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 never don't want to hear your intro i always want to hear them <laughs> and yeah that is it from me next week i'm back with a really interesting interview and i'm gonna let you go for now thank you for listening goodbye